Christians say and do weird things. Join us as we dig in and search for answers to what it all might mean. We are not experts by any means, but we want to inform and make you think. Welcome to the What's Up with Christians podcast. And welcome to the What's Up with Christians podcast. We're super excited to have you join us today. I'm Megan. I'm Seth. And I'm Rachel. Today we're going to talk about the phrase washed in the blood and why it is that we say it. So washed in the blood is something that we commonly hear uh, in just one song that I'm thinking of. I was trying to think of a couple of examples, but I can only think of the one song. Are you washed in the blood? Yeah, but it isn't there other songs that is brought up in? Yeah, remember he's choking on the blood that ran down the tree? Ain't no devil gonna tread on me. Okay, we'll go with thank, it. Okay. Thank you, We the Kingdom. I could do it in their style. He's choking on the blood! I'm not gonna do it. Washed in the blood. Washed in the blood is something that we hear a lot in a lot of different songs. There's a song literally called, Are You Washed in the Blood? There's, it's referred to in different songs, cleansed by the blood. Um, it's a very, it's something that we hear a lot and it just kind of sounds disturbing, but it's a really, actually, I think it's a really cool and symbolic phrase. It just kind of sounds gross. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of like the movie Carrie, if you've seen that. No, I don't watch scary things. Okay. Well, this is like a classic but she has like a bucket of blood poured on her kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, well, it's not real blood. It's fake blood, but that's kind of a weird image that might come into your head where it kind of seems almost something from like a horror movie. Cause it sounds gross. Does it does. It does sound quite disturbing, but, but it's not gross in this sense. And we're going to tell you why. Is it weird to say it's magical? It's magical. It's weird also because I wouldn't consider God mag- magical. It is more magic. The old animated Chronicles of Narnia movie. <gasps> Aslan. Uh. <laughs> Super cheesy. It's great. I kind of thought we could just work through the, the lyrics of the song. Are you washed in the lamb a little bit? Are you washed in the blood, you mean? Are you washed in the blood? Are you washed in the land? That's even more gross <gasps> than washed in the blood. <laughs> How does one get washed in the lamb? That's disgusting. Okay. Let's just not dwell on that. I'm just going to read through the lyrics. Are you ready? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Which sounds weird because if you're washed in the blood, your garments are not going to be spotless. It seems no. like Mm-mm. they'd be gross. They'd be no. nasty and they'd be gooey. Nasty. <laughs> and it's probably smell weird too. But really. When it says wash in the blood of the lamb, the lamb smell weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose you're probably not wrong. It's just a weird thought. Sorry. That's how my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all probably thoughts that people have when they initially hear this idea of like washed in the blood is 
It sounds gross. It sounds stinky, apparently. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that go with it where it's like, first of all, washed in it, then white as snow and your garments are spotless. Like all these things don't really seem to go together. Yeah. It's probably one of those songs when you first go into church, you hear it and you go, time out. What? What kind of <laughs> messed up cult am I in? Right? <laughs> At least they're, they washing thing- they're washing things in blood now? Human sacrifice, lamb sacrifices. What's happening? Yeah, really. That all used of to this, be a thing. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. All this refers back to what they had to do in the Old Testament in the laws before Jesus. So yeah, basically, originally, what they had to do was, in order to be washed of your sins, the head of your household had to take like some kind of a lamb or like, and not like just any lamb, but like your best lamb that you had. And then take it to an altar or the temple or something or like in some kind of special sacred place and then literally kill it on the altar and then sacrifice it to God. And that was like your cleansing, washing of your sins. And that's what they had to do. This was like a ritual that they had to go through all the time. Yeah, not just like straight up killing it, but like slitting its throat. So then blood would just pour out because like, I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you get cut in the throat, a lot of blood will come out and you will die <laughs> very fast. <laughs> Thank so, you very much for that image, Megan. <laughs> so they would cut it on the throat, one, to end its life faster. <laughs> and then two, also, so then the symbol of all the blood pouring out symbolize it covering your sins. But yeah, sorry for that gruesome fact, I guess. If nobody knew that, I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, it's that's kind of, as, as gross as it might sound, that is kind of an important detail because it really was all about the shedding of the blood. Because then you look like blood. Blood is everywhere in the Old Testament and stuff like that. Like, you even look back to, you know, Moses and everybody. Like, a lot of people know the whole, the plagues things in the last one. What was it that protected the firstborn of the Hebrews was blood on your door. Everything and, like... Just blood everywhere in the Old Testament. There was, yeah, there's a lot of people who, you know, they talk about, like, obviously it's people that have never read it. But whenever people say, like, oh, the Bible is such a boring read or anything else, it's like, no, if you really read through it, it is very much like an R rated, heavily R rated story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the gladiator on steroids a lot of times with the violence. The shedding of blood was. It was it was very much like this ritual they had to go through to be able to f- have their sins forgiven um, by God. And when Jesus came, that all changed. Well, Jesus- not only not only did they do the the lamb for their family, but there was also one special lamb that was sacrificed every year for all of Israel and stuff like that. So it was something that. Was very sacred to the people at that time, and it's something that they took very seriously. And so, whole being washed in the blood of the lamb wouldn't be something that was weird to them back in that time frame. Just because now we don't do that because we had the ultimate lamb, now sounds weird to us. So, so for us today, when we say, "Are you washed in the blood of the lamb?" It does not mean that have you gone to the temple and made a ritual sacrifice and washed your sins clean with that 
that blood. It does, it does not mean that for us anymore because Jesus came. Jesus rewrote the rules. He rewrote what we need to do, and he paid that sacrifice. Um, that's why Jesus has one of the names is the Lamb of God, because he, he was the Lamb that was sacrificed for our sins. So when you go back to that song, it says, Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? It's referring to, have you accepted Jesus? Have you embraced that? There's a, there's a verse in 1 John. It's 1 John 1, 7. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And it's, <clears throat> and it's really it's going back to what that old ritual was in the Old Testament, what they had to do. It's just like Rachel said, it goes back to this idea of this is what they did in the Old Testament. And then Jesus showed up, basically made it so we didn't have to do this anymore because we don't have to do this gross ritual anymore. We don't have to find a lamb because, I mean, let's be honest. How many of us have access to a lamb right now that we can just be like, oh, I got to go butcher it? Us in South Dakota, maybe more than other people, but. But I mean, like if I just go up to a a farmer and say, yeah, if I just go to a farmer right now and I say. Hey, I need a sheep so I can butcher it to have my sins forgiven. He's going to be like, um, nope. Are you going to pay it's for weird. it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose if I give him the right amount of money. Say he, he might. might. It, but, but <laughs> Look yeah, at you, weird. <laughs> once I pay, he's going to be like, all right, you're getting nuts, but here you go. <laughs> but once Jesus came, he, he completely changed that. He became, there's, I mean, there's multiple references in scriptures where, um, Jesus is referred to as as the Lamb, and there's a lot of songs that refer to him as the Lamb because that's what he was. He was this Lamb who was the ultimate sacrifice, so that we didn't have to keep doing this same thing over and over. And he took on all of our sins. Oh, there's a passage in Hebrews. It's Hebrews chapter nine. It starts in verse eleven. It talks about. It says, "But when Christ appeared." As a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, he entered for for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of the goats and the calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who throughout the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serving the living God? So it talks about right there about how, and we mentioned in the beginning, how they used to, you know, sacrifice goats and bulls and things such as that. But about how Christ offered himself and how much more could a pure man such as him and God cleanse us over those things and so it kind of talks about even further on about how because of the sacrifice of God, of Jesus that that old commandment is no longer valid or needed anymore and so in a sense it like shows how that is now void and how when we ask if you are cleansed washed in the blood it is referring to the blood of Jesus rather than the old sacrifices back in that time period but this whole are you washed in the blood Something that I don't think should be just mentioned during Easter time. It should also be acknowledged during Christmas as well. 
Because the lamb, acknowledging the start of the lamb and how pure and innocent of an entrance it had, and how humbling it came into this world, sit there and look at this innocent baby and sit there and go, all the sins of the world are going to be clean, cleansed by you. Yeah. And, stuff, and that just kind of makes the whole Christmas story even more special. The fact that shepherds, some of the people that came to see him on his first, you know, when he... First people to come see him, and we're shepherds, come see the lamb. Stuff like yeah. that. Another really cool thing about those shepherds, those shepherds were the shepherds that watched the sheep that were used in the ritual sacrifice. So it's kind of cool that how it all intertwines together, where the shepherds that were watching the sheep, the ritual sacrifice, were the ones that got to see the ultimate sacrifice first. There's another scripture. Um... In Romans 3.25, that basically sums up everything that this whole topic of what we're talking about says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be redeemed by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. There's a couple of like bigger words in there that... um. Honestly, if I hadn't read them in other scriptures before and had to look them up in dictionaries and stuff, I wouldn't know what they mean. But basically, it's just saying God sent Christ to live a righteous and perfect life, which he did, because that was another very important thing. Like That's why it had to be these special lamps. They had to be perfect. They had to be pure. And Jesus lived a perfect and pure life. And then he took all of the sins. He took... Yours, mine, your neighbors, your, the people in China, people who've lived in the past, present, future, like everyone. He took all of that on. And that way, so we didn't have to take a punishment. And that's kind of just one of the crazy things. And I mean, it's blood is kind of a big deal in the church. We talk about it a lot. And I mean, for some people, it's every week. And for some people, like once a month, we drink the blood. Yeah, we don't. It's, we don't actually drink the Great blood. Juice. We're, we're not, we're not, we're not quite that crazy, but. Sim- <clears throat> symbolism. But yeah, we, we symbolically do it. Um, we're, when we have communion, we, we break the bread that represents his body that was broken. And we drink the, the wine or the grape juice or whatever it is at your church. And we drink that and it's, it's, it's a remembrance thing. There's, I mean, I say it all the time when we have communion at church, there's absolutely nothing magical about the food or the, whatever you're drinking. There's nothing magical about it. It's just bread or just a cracker and it's just juice or it's just wine or whatever. That's it. But it's this time to just take that moment and, and reflect and remember and just be like, Hey, I know this isn't his actual blood, but this is just the time for me to just reflect and think about the sacrifice that he did make because I mean, Romans also makes it very clear the wages of sin is death. And so like, that's the punishment that we deserved. And he died the most horrific death of all time on the cross. And he took that punishment so that we didn't have to. And if we go into communion or anything with that kind of mindset, or think about this, this concept of being washed in the blood with that kind of mindset, it turns up from being something really gross into something really beautiful. And that's what's so cool about this. 
When we talk about, are you washed in the blood? When you're asked that question, we're, they're asking in the sense of, have you accepted the ultimate sacrifice that has been given out to you? You take in what Jesus did for you on the cross, taken it and changed your life for the better because of it and accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And you know and acknowledge what he did on the cross and how he has made you new. That's kind of what the question of are you washed in the blood is meaning. Less intimidating way to say that would be like, have you accepted Jesus' gift? If you're going to walk into a church, you're more likely going to hear, like the older generation for sure, like, are you washed in the blood? Like, is a common phrase that I hear amongst older people. And a lot of things all have to do with hymns because they grew up with, with that hymn, with that saying in it. Isn't one of the reasons why they use that phrase a lot. You singing the song in your head right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm singing um the We the Kingdom song. I absolutely love that part in the song where it talks about where you know song Megan. He's he's with a don't tread on me. Where it talks about he's choking on the blood that ran down the tree. Ain't no devil gonna tread on me. You know, that moment of defeat when Jesus said, it is finished. And it talks about, you know, how the blood of the lamb put out to save us all. And that's when the devil was defeated. And it just gives me goosebumps every time I hear the song. I wanted to read the last verse of this song. Because I think it's important to remember um, this. It says, are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washing the blood? blood of the lamb you rest each moment the crucified are you washing the blood of the lamb so i think this is also a reminder for us who have been in the church for a long time like this is a daily thing we need to do like we screw up daily hourly like minutely i don't even know if minutely is a thing <laughs> new words <laughs> But We're making new words up every week. You need a WhatsApp with Christian Dictionary now. <laughs> True that. <laughs> but I think it's, I think also, like, this is a reminder, like, are we doing these things? Like, are we taking time to, like, be refreshed, be renewed, be made new again daily in Christ? Because I think sometimes we just get this idea, like, it's a one-time thing. We... We accept the gift, we get baptized, and boom! Like, we're made clean, we're good to go, but, like, we're still we're still a bunch of screw-ups. Misfits, as, since it's Christmas season, we're all misfits! But, <laughs> I mean, I think we just need that reminder, like, we do need, are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Because that's the only way you're going to get through this. So basically, as gross and gory and messy as the initial time of hearing be washed in the blood might sound, it's when you really look at what the meaning of it is, it's actually a very a beautiful and it is a very cleansing thing. It's it's it can be a life changing thing when you start to think about it. Well, not it can be like one. It is. It is very much a life changing thing. It is an idea of, I, I stink, 
and I will forever stink, but I am f- forever going to be forgiven for my sins. Now, at the same time, that does not mean it's an excuse to just say, well, I'll just keep blowing it and messing up. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it does not make it an excuse to do things wrong because it's not like he's a genie in a bottle where it's like, I can just keep messing up because he's just going to keep forgiving me and forgiving me and forgiving me. And it's like, okay, yes, he will forgive you, but he also wants you to change your ways. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to try to live like he did. And so it's not just like a get out of jail free pass. It goes back to last week when he talked about where's your heart. He knows, like, sometimes we just screw up. Where is your heart when you do that? Like... When you're deliberately screwing up, thinking, ah, he's, he'll take care of it later. Like, your heart is totally not in the right place. So, I mean, it goes back to the where's your heart in, when you screw up and when you mess up. It's all about the genuinity of when you say, please forgive me, because I'm going to be better. Yes. I'll say, it's not only just, like, cleaning, cleansing you of, like... You think of it as cleansing you of your sins, but also cleansing you of the world and the way that it thinks. And it wants you to think like Christ. That's kind of also what it means. And to think like Christ means to no longer live for this world and to not dwell in your sins, but to try to strive to be like Christ as much as you can. That's also kind of what being washed in the blood is. And I know kind of being a a podcast that we kind of base our ideas on you know christian lingo and stuff living in the ways of this world but even that sometimes like what does that mean well it's like our natural instincts are to be selfish they just are our natural instincts are to be selfish like from the day we're born and i'm not saying like children suck they're evil but it is our natural instincts is to think of ourselves and when you look at the world, everything is self-improvement. What can I what can you do to make yourself better? The American dream is based on the idea of making yourself glorified, basically. And that's the complete polar opposite of what Jesus came and he said. So when we use that idea of like ways of the world, that's what that's talking about. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about Christian church topics and to explain church words without using church words to explain them. Especially being three pastors' kids. Yeah. Who've yeah, when you- grown up in the church our entire lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't realize how often you actually say it until you start to pause and think about, oh my no. gosh, I say a lot of things. When somebody stops you and goes, what? And you go, Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Everyone doesn't understand that. Mind my Christianese. I just had a moment. Which is why we have this podcast. <laughs> I hope we got you thinking and helped clarify a little bit the phrase washed in the blood. I know it can be confusing, but I hope we helped a little bit here. And if you have any questions on what we did talk about, feel free to reach out to us and message us on any of our social media platforms, such as Facebook and Instagram. And if you haven't found or followed us on those yet, find us. 
don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. So another really cool thing we are working on launching this week is our blog. We'll be posting a link to that on our social media. So if you want to check out our blog, which will be just devotional thoughts or right now it's all Christmas thoughts, check it out. So thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always live with genuinity.